Thanks for checking out our teaching from this week. Our hope is that it will encourage you to take the next step closer to finding and following Jesus. If you have been blessed by the ministry of Grace River and would like to worship by giving, you can do so online at graceriver.cc. That's graceriver.cc. Have an awesome day, and we will see you soon. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris. Welcome to Easter Online at Home. I hope that you're having an awesome Easter weekend. I want you to know that hope is here because of Jesus. Again, I'm Chris Highfield with Grace River Church, and I want to say thank you so much for checking us out online today. Hope that you're enjoying your weekend, and I cannot wait to see what God does uh, with our 20 or 25 minutes together here today. And so I want you to know that hope is here uh, because of what Jesus did. And so there's a lot of headline news uh, that we can watch, a lot of bad stories that are out there, a lot of difficulties that our world and our community is dealing with. And I want you to know that the biggest headline in our hearts should be that Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, hope is here. And so I want you to know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what the difficulty is, hope is here for you. I want you to, I want to invite you to join us again next week. We start a three-week series starting next Sunday uh, called God Loves the Real You. And I want you to know, no matter where you've been, what you've done, or what's been done to you, God is absolutely crazy about you. And we're going to be talking about that over the next three weeks here at Grace River Church starting next Sunday. And so I hope that you can join us online again or in person at 9 or 1030 on Sunday morning uh, right here at Grace River Church. I want you to know again, hope is here because of Easter. Have you ever had your mind changed about something? Uh, usually my mind doesn't ever get changed whenever somebody argues with me about something. Uh, but usually there's like an event that will happen in my life or an experience in my life is, is changed. And something that I used to criticize is now something that I'm a strong believer in. This happened to me uh, when it came to boutique dog treat stores. Now, I know that sounds crazy, right? Boutique dog treat stores. You know, there are, there's an actual industry out there where people will uh, open up stores, little shops where they sell dog treats. And there's one of these in O'Fallon, and I used to joke with my friends about it. I used, to, I used to point it out to my wife and say, man, can you believe there's people out there that will actually spend their hard-earned cash buying treats for their dogs? Uh, it's kind of like the same people that dress their dogs up for Halloween or Christmas or whatever, put a stocking out for their dog at Christmas. I used to make fun of people like this until I got a dog. And guess what? Whenever Charlie was, was brought into our lives, we adopted this little dog, and as a result of it, it changed the way that I viewed owning a dog. The experience of having my own puppy changed everything about my heart. And so guess what? On his first birthday, do you know what we, you know what we did? We drove to that dog treat boutique store on Highway K, and you know what we did? We spent our hard-earned cash buying him a treat. In fact, sometimes when we think Charlie's just mad at us for going out of town, we'll go get him a treat. On his birthday, we will go to that store and buy him a dog birthday cookie. Uh, we, we celebrate major holidays like Easter and Christmas with our dog. It's weird how we have become dog people. It, all it took was me being introduced to a dog that I liked uh, that didn't shed, uh, that didn't pee on too many things or bark too much, and all of a sudden, it changed my perspective of what it meant to have a dog. And I want you to know, uh, something really similar happened to that in my own life uh, when it comes to my spiritual experience with Jesus. And that's this, man. There was a day that I used to think that Christianity was a joke. 
I used to think that, that Christians were hypocrites, uh, and I had never really met a real Christian that really loved me well. In fact, I was picked on, I didn't grow up going to church, but I was picked on at church as much as I was picked on at school. And so I just thought, man, I'm done with Christians, I'm done with church, I want out of here as soon as possible, and I'm gonna do my own thing. And it wasn't until I was 16 or 17 years old uh, when a group of people that were following Jesus loved me well and helped me to see that hope is here. And it was through the context of those relationships and those friendships that I got to hear the truth about Jesus, that I got to hear that it wasn't about me, that it wasn't about me being a good person, me doing better or trying harder, but it was about me accepting what had already been done for me. I realized that hope was here because of Jesus. You see, the, the true story of Jesus is this, is that there really was a man who was born 2,000 years ago, and he lived this perfect life. He was born of a virgin. He lived this perfect life. He performed miracles. He fed 5,000 people with a happy meal. He water skied without a boat. All those things happened. He healed blind people and paralyzed people began to walk again. Like all these things really happened. But the most significant thing that Jesus did was he died on a cross and then he was buried and he rose again three days later. He did not stay dead. And as a result of that, 2,000 years ago, we're, we're, 2,000 years later, we're still telling the story of Jesus. There have been a lot of people in the course of human history that have claimed that they were God, that they were a Messiah or a Savior. But all of those people, when they died, guess what? They stayed dead. In fact, every religious leader out there that ever led a religious movement, check it out, every one of them died. The one thing that sets Christianity apart from every other worldwide religion is this, is that our leader didn't stay dead. And as a result of that, hope is here. And so I want you to know, no matter what your background is, no matter what you've been taught or what you've caught in your lifetime, I want you to know, uh, maybe just take a minute and delete all that stuff out of your brain and make a conscious decision to say, I'm gonna to listen to what uh, the Bible has to say about Jesus today. And maybe the next step for you, uh, my, my prayer is that you always take a next step after hearing something from our church. My hope for you is that through the, nec the next step that you may take is maybe you'll just decide after today to start investigating the person of Jesus. Maybe you've made uh, an attempt to investigate religion, I just want you to do this. Would you start studying the life and the person of Jesus that's found in the Bible? Maybe you download the YouVersion Bible app and start reading a Bible plan about Jesus. Start, start in one of the Gospels. The Gospel of John is a really great starting point. In fact, John wrote his Gospel, uh, and at the end of John's Gospel, John was one of the 12 disciples, at the end of his Gospel, he, he writes this statement, I wrote all of these words down so that you might believe. And today, um, I, we're gonna take a, a look at a passage of scripture from John's gospel, and it really focuses on a person that had a difficult time believing. I think the biggest thing about us finding hope is this, is what is it that you believe in? Do you believe in yourself? Uh, do you believe that you're a good person and, that, and all your good things that eventually in your life, all this stuff's gonna work out? Or do you believe that there was a God who came uh, for everything that you've ever done that was bad? Do you believe there was a God who came uh, not only to do some really great teachings, not only to tell some really great things about the future, but he came 
to die for us. And that person is Jesus. And so in John chapter 3, we see Jesus having a dialogue with a very religious person. In fact, let's just go to that passage now. John chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. This is really important here in verse 2. After dark, one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. And so he came to Jesus at night. That's going to be significant for later. And he came to speak with Jesus. He says, Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you here to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. There are three phases to faith. And that first phase I want to talk about today is the hiding phase. And we know that Nicodemus had some, some questions about God. He had some decisions that he had to make. But ultimately, the first step for Nicodemus, he was religious. So he would have had a big portion of the Bible, the Old Testament at the time, completely memorized. So Nicodemus would have known uh, the Jewish laws inside and out, but there was still something missing in Nicodemus's life. And so uh, he enters this first phase of faith known as the hiding phase. When we first discover something new, oftentimes we want to hide it. We don't want to publicize it. You don't want to write about it on Facebook. You don't want to tweet about it. You don't want to post about it on Instagram because you're still trying to figure out, is this for me. And in phase one, the hiding phase is really critical and important. Again, remember, he came. He was a religious leader that came to Jesus after dark. He came when his friends wouldn't see him. And a lot of you listening today, it's like you want to follow Jesus. You want to explore the person of Jesus. You want to discover who he is, but you're worried about uh, what your friends may think. You're worried about what your spouse may think. You're worried about what your boss may think or your coworkers. You're worried about what your college buddies may think. And I just want you to know, man, it's okay to be in the hiding phase. Just don't stay there, right? Like continue to explore the person of Jesus. And I think sometimes the hiding phase, we're taught this because we hide sin. That's our natural thing that we do. It's kind of a cycle that we do. In fact, the cycle of sin is we sin, which is we make a mistake. Uh, Nicodemus, although he was a religious leader, Nicodemus, if he was alive today, would tell you that he was a person that was flawed, that he himself sinned. And so when we sin, we often do what he was doing is we hide. We, we, we do things in the dark. We do things when we think other people aren't watching or looking. And I want you to know you can hide from everyone, but the one person you can't hide from is God because he knows what's going on in your heart. He knows your desires. He knows where you've fallen short. And like he died for all of those things. And so we hide, we make excuses. And so that's another thing that we do. And so after we've sinned, we hide. And then we start kind of like making excuses about why we did that. Because, hey, well, we were wronged or somebody did something like that to us once, or I did this so I could make myself feel better temporarily. We do these things. We hide uh, and we make excuses. And then we feel an enormous amount of shame or regret. That's the cycle of sin. It ends up making us feel dirty. It makes us feel uh, regretful, remorseful. And I want you to know you don't have to live that life. And then we start the cycle all over again by hiding again. And so my question to you today is this. What if we didn't have to hide? Like what if something happened in our lives where, we, where our lives were drastically changed, not by owning a new pet, not by buying a new house or a new car or having a new relationship, what if everything drastically changed and we no longer hide? Well, God's answer would be this. It's always yes. 
God wants to forgive you. He says yes to forgiveness, yes to a new life, yes to a fresh start. Like God wants to give all of those things to you. It's will I say yes to him? I can't say yes to God as long as I'm in the hiding phase. It's important for me to move out of that phase, the first phase, the hiding phase, into the second phase, uh, which is the questioning phase. Will I move from phase one into phase two where I begin to ask some soul-searching questions about my next step? Jesus replied, he says this, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Again, Nicodemus came to Jesus in, in verse one, and he says, it's clear there's something special about you. You wouldn't be able to perform the miracles that you're performing. Then Jesus goes right into it with saying this, listen, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, born a second time, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was blown away by this because he's thinking, how can I be born again? I'm a grown man. Again, he's in the questioning phase. Look at what his response is. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? You see, Nicodemus wasn't understanding the concept that Jesus was trying to illustrate. Jesus wasn't saying that you had to literally climb back into your mother's womb and be born again. What he was saying was, it's possible for us to be physically alive, but to be spiritually dead. Jesus came so that you could not only be physically alive, but also spiritually alive. See, every single one of us have two birth dates. It's the, the date that we're born. My birth date's May 29th. So if you want to put that in your calendar and buy me a Christmas gift, you're welcome to, or a birthday gift, you're welcome to, right? Uh, but it's really important that you see uh, that there is a next step. And that next step is you making a decision to say, man, the first step is me understanding that I was born. The second step is me understanding that, listen, I have to be born again. And so uh, Jesus replied, uh, again, in, in this next passage, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to share a quick story with you uh, of my friend Tom Brady. And I say my friend loosely because I'll be honest, I have a struggle liking Tom. Um, and the reason I do is because he just defeated my lifelong uh, team that I followed my entire life, the Kansas City Chiefs. In fact, in this picture, he had just beat my team. In fact, I've, until today, I've never even seen this picture because I haven't watched any kind of highlight reels with that Super Bowl because I just want to forget all about it. Uh, but, you know, you can't doubt that Tom's successful. I mean, the fact is there is going to be two statues of this guy in two different cities, New England and Tampa Bay. He's won seven championships. I mean, that's unheard of. He truly is the GOAT, the greatest of all time, undeniably, he's a great quarterback, okay? Now, but the reality is with Tom, even though he's married to a supermodel, even though he's worth over $200 million, okay? Just Google today, his net worth is over $200 million. Tom is a whole lot like Nicodemus. In fact, I want to show you a quote. Uh, Tom was interviewed on 60 Minutes after his third Super Bowl. He's since won four more. And I want you to see what he had to say. Uh, to the person interviewing. He said, this is Tom Brady talking. He said, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and I still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this, this, is, this is what it is. I've reached my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I think, God, it's, there's gotta be more than this. I mean, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. What else is there 
for me. And the person interviewing him said this, well, what's the answer? And Tom says, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. You see, there is no amount of fame, money, or status that can ever fill the human heart. Like no matter how much you have, how many Super Bowl trophies, no matter how much money you have, uh, no matter how great your relationships here on earth may be, like there is nothing that can fill the human heart like God can. In fact, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 7 says this, that God has planted eternity in every single human heart. That's why uh, even if you're an atheist here today, you undeniably know that there is something else out there, that there is more to this life uh, than what you are currently living for. It's possible, I said this earlier, but it's possible to be physically alive and to be spiritually dead. So the phase number two is the questioning phase. And I want you to know, God is big enough to handle all of your questions, all of your doubts. And so just come to him with these things and, and begin to study out the person of Jesus. Man, come to him with your questions. The third phase is the decision phase. The third phase is the decision phase. Now, what's great about Nicodemus is we know that later on in Nicodemus' life, he made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of his life. And in phase number three, John chapter three, verses 16 through 17, it says this. Jesus is talking, he says, everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And I wanna key in on this, everyone. So again, it doesn't matter if you grew up religious or not. It doesn't matter uh, what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. Everyone, everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life, which means when you die, you're just getting started. See, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world. So God didn't send Jesus here so we could feel worse about ourselves. He, he already knew we didn't feel so hot about ourselves, but instead to save the world through him. God is in the saving business. He's on the biggest rescue mission ever, and it's for our own hearts. He bankrupted heaven so that we could be right with him. And I wonder today what you've done with that information. Have you made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life? I want you to hear a story of a friend of mine named Dave Hill. And uh, Dave's story is incredible because Dave uh, made a decision to make Jesus the actual Lord of his life. I want you to check out Dave's story. Check this out. Hi, my name's Dave Hill, and this is my story of hope. When I was younger, I went to uh, Grace Baptist uh, Church and rode, rode to school, Sunday school on a bus with my cousin. Uh, it was kind of fun because no parents were there, it was just the kids. And In high school, right after high school, I accepted Christ into my heart, um, but it wasn't until last year that I really put my faith and my trust and uh, kind of devoted my life to, to Christ. So four years ago, we a lot of loss started in our family. Um, February of 2017, my dad passed away. Um, in April of 2018, uh, my little brother died from a drug overdose. So later that same year in November, right after Thanksgiving, we lost my sister to a car crash. That one was that one was hard to lose her. And then just a few months later, in April, 
one of my cousins who had Huntington's disease. Uh, we lost him. Those four losses in two years, um, I could say I'm, I was pretty devastated. Things kind of started to spiral for me. Um, I just started kind of spiraling out of control. And it started messing with my personal life, my uh, work life, my mental health. Uh, I wasn't in a great place. The one thing that happened that kind of started me in a different direction was when I got into a, a fight with a friend of mine at the time. And it was just, it was in my my front yard. My wife was there for it. And uh, I don't remember it. I still don't know what happened to this day, actually. And then the next day, I just could see it in my wife's face that something had to change. So, so after we were invited to Grace River, we started, uh, we decided to come. We, we wanted to give it a, a shot. It was good. Uh, we immediately got involved into a small group. Um, we joined in the middle of the semester and uh, it's, it's there uh, in, in that small group and community where I really started noticing a change in me just felt Jesus was working in my heart and uh, just kind of showing me a different path. I tried to put all my hope into things um, that were not working. They were destructive. Um, it wasn't until I allowed Christ into my heart, put my hope in Christ, that I was able to get basically out of the hell that I was living. Um, if you find yourself with a hole inside and you don't know what to do with it, I just encourage you, invite you to just allow Jesus into your heart. Put your hope in Christ. You will not regret it. It's the best thing that I ever did. I love Dave's story uh, because he made a decision. And I wonder today if you could be like Nicodemus if you could be like Dave and say, you know what, I'm going to make a decision to follow Jesus with my life. So today, if you're here and you're like, man, if you're listening or watching today and you're like, I've never done that, but today's the day for you. And so no matter where you're at on the journey, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes just in, in a moment, just, just for you to think about where you're at with God. And I wonder today, have you ever came to a place in your life where you've made him the Lord of your life? And if you haven't, maybe today's the day. Maybe it's Easter weekend, 2021, that you make a decision to say, you know what, I'm no longer in charge, that, that I am making a decision to say, no matter what I've been through, no matter what the difficulty is, you heard about Dave's difficulty, you heard about the struggles in his life that led him to Christ, and I wonder if this is the moment for you where you say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally make that decision to make him the Lord of my life. It's you making a decision to say, it's not about me anymore. It's about me following the one that came to die for me. And so if that's you, would you just pray this prayer with me? God, thank you for sending your son Jesus in my place. And Lord, I pray that today that you would help me to live all of my life for you. God, I accept the fact um, that I've done some wrong things. 
some things I feel an enormous amount of regret and shame for. But God, I also know and I believe that you sent your only son to come and die so that I wouldn't have to die for those things. God, I thank you that, that he was my perfect substitute, that it was this exchange, his perfect life for my imperfect life. And God, today I confess you and only you to be the Lord of my life. No one or nothing else. God, thank you for changing me and for saving me and making me a Christian. It's in Jesus' name that I pray all of this. Amen. Man, if you just prayed that prayer, I would love to celebrate with you. You can simply just text the word YES to 636-336-2475. That number again, 636-336-2475. Dude, there's a party in heaven happening right now, and I just want to say thank you for having the courage to make that decision. I hope that you join us back uh, next week as we start our new three-week series, God Loves the Real You. Again, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done or what's been done to you, uh, God absolutely loves you. If there is a fridge in heaven, your picture is on it. And so I just want you to know, man, you're invited back online or in person to join us next weekend at Grace River Church. I hope that you have an awesome rest of your weekend or an awesome rest of your week, and we'll see you real soon. Have a great day. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our 9 or 10.30 a.m. worship services. We hope you have a great week.